Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast here with MC Outhouse and our unorganic intro. We just did this and it's gonna it was way better than what we're about to do, but I didn't hit record. It was great though. It really, really was. I mean, it's a shame that all of you missed out on it, but me me and Swag, we was we legit know how great we were. dropping bars. Dropped bars like, you know, that's why he's calling me MC Outhouse. It was it was so good it could just never be done again. So here we are. Still yeah, the same. Quarantined and all. Tell them who you are. All right. I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. Uh, the many, many podcasts I do. I do the Trade Addicts podcast with my homeboy at Brian Hart FF. I do the Dynasty Game Night with at John Bosch FF and at Matt Price FF. Seriously, stop with the FFs. Uh, and also now, oh, those are both DLF family of podcasts. And with the DFP network, I do Split Take Show with at Kevin Cotillo. Many, many podcasts. Yeah, all awesome shows. Thank you. You do a ton. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I just, and especially now working from home where I could do stuff during the day like we are right now, it just made it worse. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even like the sound of my voice. So I don't even know why the hell I do this so much. Oh, I do. I think everybody, I think it's one of those things. Or do you listen to your own shows? I used to, uh, back when I actually edited and like when I started, I, I would listen because how else do you get better if you don't really know sure, what yeah, you're exactly. sounding like? like? I never realized back in the beginning, I used to talk with a lot of pauses and I never noticed it. But then when I listened to myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm awful. What is going on? So, I mean, I never would have actually realized I was doing that unless I stopped and listened. Plus, I was unlazy and used to actually edit. Now, I just, I don't even listen. I just take away large gaps. Yeah, <laughs> I, you've I learned a few pauses. secrets. Got some yeah, tricks up uh, your sleeve. Yeah, so I don't really listen to myself much anymore. So you didn't uh, only get when used I have to, to your edit. voice, though. I did. I absolutely did, because I edited for a while. I've gotten I more okay with mine. But I think everybody's yeah. kind of like that. One of the things I yeah. used to do, as well as the pauses, and I still do it, and it bugs the hell out of me, especially if I'm playing it back and I hear it, because I don't always notice it when I talk, but I am a Take big um and like. I got to the point where I can recognize Brian Har's um sound wave. I don't even have to. You see I, it, I yep. scroll, I scroll, I scroll. Oh, there's an um. Take it out. <laughs> yep. See, I'm not that kind. We're pretty live on tape most of the time, unless there's like, big things i know that i need to take out or problems yeah. but um i don't know <sighs> it sounds too edited it has to be real life like that's why i mean i think that's whatever people actually enjoy listening to my show that's why i think that's one of the appeals it's really just me and brian just like kind of talking shit with each other and to take out every single um almost sounds robotic at that point like yeah you want there to be stumbles in words like i literally I freeze and have to think of words and I even go like, oh man, what the hell was I trying to say? What words was I trying to think of? And I would never in my life dream of taking that out because sitting and having a conversation with me, that happens. Yep. So, I mean, and that's, that's what we wanted our show to be like. So to make it seem like we talk so perfectly would just be disingenuous. I think like there's never a thought process. It's always just right at the tip of your tongue and ready to go. Yeah. That, that is when you're doing a one person show, I get it. But if you're talking to someone else, it shouldn't be so perfect. Yeah. So how has quarantine life been? Uh, I mean, it, I, I can't super complain. My wife and I both work from home. Uh, two years ago, we adopted like a 27-year-old. Uh, 
my kid's daycare teacher was babysitting for us for a while and she was living with her parents. And then the night she was babysitting with us, she would just end up falling asleep at our house. And then she started fighting with her parents. So we're like, just move in with us. It's no big deal. So she lives with us now. So she pretty much takes care of the kids during the day. It makes it sound like she's a nanny of some sort. She's really not. At this point, she's like an extended family member. She just lives with us and happens to help with the kids. Um, so that, like, I don't know how it would be if we did not have her around. But I mean, I, we were talking before we started recording. I never really did much in the first place. But being forced to not be able to do things is a little weird. Right. So I get that little bit of antsiness every once in a while. But overall, it's it's really not awful. Yeah. I wanted to end though. <laughs> I, I miss when I'm when I'm like going somewhere. I could use to, I would be able to ask my kids if they wanted to go somewhere with me, even yeah. though I, you know, I guess if anything, I get less rejection now because now I don't even ask them because I don't want them out much. <laughs> so before I would get rejected if I asked them to come to the store with me, whereas now I there's less rejection in my life. Um, oh, see, your problem is asking yeah kids shoes jackets let's go right i like hanging out with the little guys sometimes but man your kids are a little older so they can actually talk back at this point mine are four and six so it's just like shoes jackets let's go i don't want to i'm your father you listen to what i say i make the rules and they're like no you don't mommy does i'm second in command no you're not ariel is i'm still above you too get your shoes well and so they're running the show is what you're saying I no, they just like they like me to know my place. While they know it's still above them, they just need me to remember I am not first or second tier authority. They will appreciate you someday, like twenty five or thirty years from now. I I am ready for those twenty five to thirty years from now, along with a good ten of years of them hating me for absolutely no reason. It's like a rite of passage as a parent, I think. So I was kind of quarantine triggered this morning, and this is—it's happened a few times as of late. I wanted to talk to you about this though and see how you felt about it. Um, I did post about this on Twitter, so maybe you've seen my what may have been taken as a, a tangent, but it really wasn't. It a lot of the stuff I post doesn't really affect my my blood flow too much. It's just my thoughts being thrown out for you in the universe. But this one was so. I sent somebody an offer and they sent one back to me and, but they didn't reject my offer, but they sent one back to me, which in my head was perceived as a counter offer, even though they didn't reject my offer Mm -hmm. and I didn't really like their offer. So I rejected it thinking like, Oh, I bet you they kind of like my offer. But then as soon as I reject theirs, I get this like spite reject. Was there words that made you think it was a spite reject or maybe they just didn't hit counter offer to get to the trade page no okay russ i think that's fair like it spite is probably the wrong word but i felt like it was a ploy like maybe if i keep this trade here he'll accept this one but full well knowing they didn't want to do the deal like why didn't they just reject that offer and send me a counter and then at this yeah. point i would have probably been inclined i maybe have even accepted the offer first of all if if my other one wasn't hanging there but I may have countered back as well. But the fact that we still had a deal there that I had sent to him and now he rejected only after I rejected it. But it wasn't just that I rejected his offer and then he rejected mine. It was the timing. Like he was waiting to see what I was going to do before he rejected that offer as if it held any bearing on the current offer that he sent me. I just right. I, it's more confusing to me than 
any madness or anything like that. I just don't get the tactic. Like, what are we doing? I'll give you two reasons that I would ever, I'll use the word counter just because it sort of fits here. Counter a trade without rejecting the original one. My memory is terrible. And I, I use the site on the PC. I use the mobile site on my phone. I don't use the apps. So when you go to the trade screen, it keeps the, the actual trade offered to you is on the top. So you could see the pieces there. So you could be like, all right, this was his original deal. Let me play around with this. It's like a way that you sort of know what you're working with. Okay. And then okay. But when I, I do that, it's send, so you're, trade, you're project. looking at it, our, it's still weird that he waited. trade above on the screen while you're making the new trade. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's what a counter offer is. You're building yeah. off of what the original offer. So you remember the pieces that, you know, let's say it was you and me. Like, so I remember what pieces you were asking for mm-hmm. or what pieces you were trying to get or what pieces you were trying to send. So it's it gives you the canvas to work with. But when that's happening, you hit send offer right away. You hit the trade button, you hit reject on, on the original, right. the one that you sent. Or if I'm if I'm still thinking about your offer, uh, you send it to me and I'm like, this isn't awful. Let me see if I can handle something else. But I'll still think about the original one if he rejects this. I've absolutely done that. I've even left that offer there, sent another one. Where that got rejected, I just taken the, I just took the original, not necessarily to see what I can get away with, but also to, I like that. But let me see if this works. Like it, it's not that you're rejecting the original offer, but you just want to see if you can take it in another direction. The fact that the two rejects between you two were instantaneous is weird, or I don't know. Maybe if you just rejected that quickly, that it's coincidental. I, I've seen but, this happen a couple times, though, like not even with the same person, but where it almost just seems like it's kind of held over your head a little bit. Like maybe if he doesn't know I'm going to reject this, maybe he I don't know. I, I just don't understand the ploy now because I feel like it. I'm putting the ball back in your court by you still having that trade in your inbox. And then you just flat out reject it and you never passed it back to me to pass it back to you. Whereas if you would have rejected that offer at least quickly, like you said, I agree. I I don't mind what you did there with that situation Mm -hmm. because I'll do that too. So I have that window open and I can look at it, but then I do agree. It's still your job to go back and reject that first one. But now if you would have just given me the ball instead of you trying to keep a ball too, I would have probably countered and I may have even accepted your trade. But the fact that that other one was still there in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to accept my deal or he's at least like that's at least close in his head because he's not sure if he wants to reject it. And it's yeah. all like just my my ideas of, like, you know what I mean? This is how I'm perceiving the situation. And the, yeah, the bad part is, is I'm making perceptions into reality. So but I, I just don't get. Yeah, I don't hope I don't know what they're trying to gain. By doing that. And especially because, like you said before, like the ball's out of the court at that point. You know, any offer at that point forward is a brand new trade. There's no, how to explain this? Like tr- uh, countering back and forth is almost like a power struggle. Mm-hmm. And at that point, whichever of you offers the next trade is lower on the power pole, totem pole, because you're sort of conceding something. Right. So, I just, I, that's such a weird break in protocol that I don't know what I would do next at that point. Well, I was done at that point. 
I guess that, that's the only real way you could do it. Either you're completely offering a brand new trade that maybe has very little to do with the original, or you're just walking away. Which again, there's nothing wrong from with walking walking away. Not every trade ends in a trade. That's a wait, and not every trade talk ends with there being a trade. It's just right. the way it is. To me, like part of the reason I walked away though is I felt like he showed his cards a little bit, and that he was willing to kind of mess with me and have a ploy, and instead of just being like straightforward, get a trade done and yeah, move on I, I wish more people were straightforward in things like it's really funny like i talk with other people and they're just like the, the really the, the really smart strategy of like let's say you want a lower level person so you go after some big fish guy and throw the little guy in as a as a throw-in to try and hide the fact of what you're doing like, i'm so bad at stuff like that like I just hey man just give me this little guy like let's figure out a way to get it like i don't right. feel the need to like go after deandre hopkins just because i want uh i almost said steve slayton no wow. dude i love where you're taking this absolutely <laughs> but steve slayton's just not the right name um but because i want darius slayton i'm gonna come after darius slayton that's just like that is what makes sense yeah he may not it's tough to trade for very low level players yeah like, like how did me why wanting am i gonna darius bother slayton sending you turn into you wanting josh jacobs yeah but like like Boston Scott, like it's so hard to trade Boston Scott for like one to one pick kind of thing because the upside of Boston Scott's more than what the third round pick he's really worth. Right. So what you have to do is include him in a package. To he, sort yeah, of, he's got to be a throw in. You have to try to sneak him in there yeah, almost. But, but it doesn't need to be a sneak. It could just be part of a deal. It's I don't think it's a detriment to your trade that the other guy knows who you're going after. Right. Like maybe if you're dealing in like angry people leagues like if you're in a big money league that's i can never speak to those i've literally never done them they're against why i play the game so maybe that's a thing you have to do with them but like man in the trade addicts leagues it would be so weird to see someone pull that yeah like i mean because it's fun it's uh, i mean it's competitive but it's friendly like it's so weird to have to try and be deceitful that's not to say i don't you know lowball a little bit and you know put a little wiggle room in my offers but you know that's not being deceitful that's negotiating that's it's there's a very huge difference between the two i just i don't get that kind of stuff dude I'm just a little i had one the other day though like i'm i was trying to get um damian harris man i'm trying to remember like uh, it was a little trade though man oh this is gonna kind of bug me but transactions transactions trade offers i'm trying to get a little little trade done like just little players and then it comes down to like the only people i'm interested on your team is your 102 or deandre swift it's a debbie team Mm -hmm. and and i'm thinking like why did i have to part with them to get to that like i'm just trying to get a little trade done here like and then it turns into well if we're doing that like i'd like to have this player from you and then it's like well that player's off limits so you want my studs but you have all these off-limit players and all I want is that guy, that little guy right there. Well, there's a lot to argue. Well, be annoyed about with what you just said, anyway. Uh, no one should be off limits. You got to give good players to get good players. But I mean, also, I mean, there's two things. Like I said before, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes you can't. That's why it's awesome to be in 30 leagues because you'll be able to get that player somewhere, right? Or you I, have that player somewhere. Yeah. So um, do you do that? Like, you, if you're out to get a couple shares of somebody, you finally just move on because you're not necessarily always looking to make the move because of this particular team. But you're like you. Yeah. 
you might want um, a Barkley trade. You and I were talking about Barkley the other day. So yeah, I'll get. I was going to get to that. In my trying next to point, go yeah. to get to a Barkley from an, in another league, and then yeah. maybe I come back to you today, and I'm like, well, let's do that deal. And you're like, well, I got Barkley. I don't really want him anymore. I mean, it's that guy's fault. Well, in this hypothetical, it's your fault for you it know is. pushing me off for a day, especially when you know who I am and what I kind of do. Uh, <laughs> again, one of the great things for having so many teams, and it's the non-point scoring season. You don't need to set a lineup. It doesn't necessarily like a lot of things are different with trading now than they are during the season. So that's why it doesn't necessarily matter which league you acquire some people in, because you, right now you're in buckets. Are you? rebuilding are you retooling are you competing that's really just about what it is or you just you know say an effort and having some fun trading but so if i'm looking to go get saquon barkley all right well let me go to my competing teams you know let me go to that bucket as long as i get him in one of them i feel fine because it doesn't a strong two teams two identical teams in two different leagues can be in different buckets like you know yeah just because you're competing in two teams doesn't mean that what seems strong in one is strong in another league. So right now it doesn't necessarily matter which of those teams competing teams you get him on. You're in, hopefully increasing the value of that team. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. I might even experiment with different teams differently in different leagues. Quite honestly, I absolutely do that. So you're, yes. you're kind of like, Oh, well I saw you do this in this league. You want to do it here too. And you're like, Oh, actually I don't want to do that here. Like this league, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z to this team. It doesn't fit what I'm trying to do. Like you need to get I, me in a league with you where you try and actually have wide receivers on your team. Oh man. I, 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 I find a way to get them somehow. Eventually it's usually not year one. And it's never through trades with me. Cause all I ever have is wide receivers. All you ever have is running backs. No, I've works, gotten, I got um, Alan Robinson from you, I think in two leagues. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got him from you in um, the do gooders. And then um, was it you in the other? No way. Nope. Only in one. Even still getting me to give up an Alan Robinson share is pretty, that's a special move right there. You should be proud of that. Yeah. Oh, I was. It involved Debo. Do you <laughs> remember you that remember. now? I gave you, I think you got Debo and Gallup from me. Oh, that sounds good. Um, Especially yeah. in a best ball week. Yep. So. All right. All right. So let's go to the second part of what I was going to say and why I was glad you brought up the Barkley trade we were trying to made, make. Uh, we got sort of stalemated in the fact where the basis of the trade was me knowing that I needed to trade up from Hopkins to get Barkley. The problem was I didn't have one piece. You were looking for pretty much a two-for-one, and I didn't have that second piece that sort of lifted me to where you wanted it to be. So what I did was I did what I needed to find a way to get this trade done, and it wasn't on my team. So I did what I should, what is the most logical thing to do. I asked you what you wanted. I asked, what would it take? It doesn't matter if it's on my team. What can I go trade for? that can give you that one piece to equal Nukin's Nukin's. Wow. Nice. I just combined Nukin Hopkins. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stick it with it. Nukin's plus for Barkley. And I mean, it's been days and you haven't answered me and I'm minorly. It was a damn long it. shower. It was a really long shower, but you, you must be really been thinking about it. And I really hope your water bill is not just astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> but really good microphone for cutting out the water sounds right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was that's another way to handle it. Like, there's so many ways to get around uh, stalemating in a trade offer if you really want to get it done. And am I dead set on getting Barkley on my team? Not really. It's just it's Trade Addicts 8. There hasn't been any real post draft trades yet because we're this weird limbo of where we are in the world. And I, I, I had one 
Barkley share and I dropped the league. So I don't think I have any, not including Trade Addict 7 because I co-own it with Brian. So clearly we took him in the first. But it, I mean, that like I don't have one for my team. So I'm like, yeah, why not? So and he was on your trade bait. So I figured I'd try for it. To, to have a piece like Hopkins involved. I mean, Hopkins is going to be a big part of the value I'm getting back in this trade. So mm. then it becomes, do I want that other mediocre, like we'll, we'll say cheaper piece for, for the sake of it's gotta be somebody obviously below Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want something that's going to put numbers in my lineup this year for that cheap piece, like an aged veteran, like what you already have in your lineup being Mark Ingram or do you want something that you think might eventually get you those numbers? Well, I mean, that's uh, how you're taking your team is really what matters right there. To me, selling top tier running backs is a move for the future, right? Because what are CMC and Barkley going to do for you right now? Score a crap ton of points. But I mean, Barkley, what, 23-ish? Hopkins is 28-ish. They're probably going to be in the league for the same amount of years right. from now on. And and producing at a high level. So, I mean, that's the big disparity between wide receivers and running backs. So, you know, moving down to a wide receiver who can is less likely to get hurt and just based on positional, not the people themselves. Um, And also gaining that other position. If you did draft a team that was you can't really do studs and duds in the draft. But like if you traded up a lot, I guess you did. Mm -hmm. Um so, like, if you needed to gain depth, if you needed to, you shouldn't be worrying about your starting lineup in April. But if you were, in fact, uh, we have to start 10 people in Trade Addicts. But, like, say if you only had seven and you felt super weird about it, I mean, the original trade offer was, what was it? Um, Hopkins, Darius Slayton, Mark Ingram for Barkley and Crowder. Uh, so, I mean, you're getting an extra person to stick in your lineup. And honestly, I think Slayton's a little more more better damn is a little better of an asset than crowder is especially because i think there's more of a chance of the jets spending a higher pick on a wide receiver than the giants and i'm not arguing the offer at the moment i'm just letting mm-hmm. no 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 i'm listening everyone so are, just are you a little bit that, worried like, though that the giants draft a wide receiver I think, I think or you get golden tate back and shepherd back and it, but they were there for shepherd always got hit not well yeah shepherd always they, their defense is so bad it's not going to matter. Let me just put it that way. Like it will I don't think it's going to be a one-year turnaround where their defense is great and then they're not going to be throwing the ball as much as they were. Plus Slayton is the only one of who he is. Like he's the only deep threat on that team. Uh, Shepard is great underneath and Engram is great in the seam, but and and Danny Dimes had a connection with Slayton. I, I don't put it past them to draft another wide receiver, but also Shepard and Engram have proven that they can't really stay super healthy all the time. So depending on them always being there, I don't think is smart process. So sell me on Hopkins, like sell the world on Hopkins. Like what do you think that situation is really going to be with Kyler Murray? Cause I think it helps Kyler Murray. I'm in, oh, what, I am definitely the, the in that camp. The only person to come but, out of this skyrocketed value is Kyler Murray. Right. Because. And you Nuke know, I want that went, stack. Because I have Kyler Murray. Yeah, I know you do. And I've, I'm trying to sort of, you know, push that at you a little bit. Like, hey, man, you wanted the stack. That's the only reason I'm really pushing this hard for this yep, trade. Yep. I don't care about Barkley. You know me and running backs. <laughs> you this just is for want you, me man. to have my stack. <laughs> yeah, this is for you. I'm trying to do you a favor, and you're giving me a hard time about it. <laughs> uh, so with Hopkins, the thing is, 
I think it will be a priority of Arizona to fix their offensive line. And that's one thing there never was in Houston. So allowing plays to develop is good for someone like Hopkins. He's not supposed to be a slant route runner all the time or, you know, a five-step curl back where he has to fight off a guy. Like, there, I think it's going to be good for his process as a wide receiver. And let's face it, Arizona's defense is also, is terrible, and the point of their offense is a lot of plays. I, I know it's tough to ever say that Hopkins' uh, targets will go up because he's still got, like, 600, but I think they'll be better. I think it's good when it's a, a well-run offense. Like, you shouldn't be the only talented person out there. I mean, if... Hopkins was able to do what he did with three guys draped on top of him. Imagine what he could do. Yeah, maybe 20 less targets, but with only single coverage. Like, he can destroy at that point. Who's the better I quarterback, mean, Watson or Watson. Murray? I, I mean, I don't know Murray that well, but I'm a huge Watson fan. Right. I think Watson, but it also, you know, running quarterbacks help the offense. Uh, they, there will be designed runs for Kyler Murray. I don't do you, remember do their ever twenty twenty one. Did Tom you keep Watson. your twenty twenty one first in that league? Probably not. No, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you did for some reason. In eight? Oh yeah, no eight. I do not. No, I have a third probably. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you want me to go get a first? I'll go get a first. Uh, we will. We will have to keep talking. And screw that. We should just do an entire show of us trying to figure this trade out. <laughs> I mean, we kind of did half a show right now with it. <laughs> it's I. I uh... I'd have a harder time saying no to you in person here, Russ. <laughs> my plan all along. <laughs> it's like uh, you might as well just have get me to do, do a drunk trade. I love drunk trades. Um, the thing, I got yelled at the other day. Oh, man, did you see that? Um, I did a drunk trade the other day, and I posted it. I even, in the tweet, drunk trade, lots of exclamation points. Uh, and it was DJ Moore for the 107 and 201, 203. Can't remember which it was. 203. And and it's a trade addicts league, so it's super flex, tight end premium, PPR, 12 teams. I don't remember if I said that yet. And everyone's like, this is why drunk trades are stupid. This trade is awful. <laughs> why would you sell DJ Moore for that? You're an idiot. Why would you do that? And I'm like, first of all, there's no need to be a dick about it. Second of all, this drunk asshole is the guy who got DJ Moore. So back off. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, it's well, first of all, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Uh, there's never a need for it. Um, that dude, the dude I did the trade with has been trying to get the 107 for me for ages. The only reason it's funny, I accepted the trade because it's a good trade in my favor. But I wish and I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't drunk for the pure reason that I know in a few weeks I would get DJ Moore for the 107 straight up. I know this this dude is so out for picks. But like, that's why I love drunk trades, because it's like. Those moments of hesitation aren't there where you're like, uh, I, I should do this. But no, you're like, all right, this is good. Let's fucking do it. Right. And, and I mean, trading's fun. That's the point of it. Again, if this was a high stakes league, I wouldn't do it. But that's why the trade addicts league, I mean, 42 bucks is comparatively low level. I mean, I keep them. The only reason they're even 42 is because we give a decent amount to charity. Otherwise, it would be probably be a $30 league. Yeah. Like. And because MFL charges, which yeah, there's MFL I love MFL, so I'll never complain about it. Um, but again, like it's it's low level. It's supposed to be fun. That's the entire point of this. And screw all those people that just feel like being assholes online. And but I think there have been more assholes lately. I think everybody's kind of just a little bit. It happens more out to you know, have. This. They think they're having fun or like bullying people around or being cool. I think there's just more people sitting around doing nothing and getting yeah. a little antsy here and there. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's the sign of the times where that's going to be happening right now, but it comes in waves in the fantasy football community in general. A lot of, like, you'll you'll see waves of around, like, the beginning of this, like, or, like at major milestones, like at the end of the season, at the draft, at the beginning of the season, people that show up for the for the big moments online. Yeah. And they quickly fade away because people hopefully stop feeding into them or because they just get bored. Whatever the reason is, I'm glad they're gone. But trolls, yeah, I, a little I, trollish. I mean, even if it's not, even if it's just, you know, I used to work at a, I, I ran a GameStop for a while and there were so many groups of people that were like, oh, I don't play video games. I just play Madden. I don't play video games. I just play Grand Theft Auto. I don't play video games. I just play Halo. Those are video games. Right. You play video games. Even if that's your favorite one, you're still playing video games. Yeah. like. And what's wrong with it? It's not being a troll. It's just, you know, being, being an asshole, I guess, is really what it comes down to. And they're only there for that one moment in time. And then they just go away for the rest of it. I mean, I think that's just sort of what a lot of these people are. Yeah. And like, it's funny. Like, that's where Dynasty Adhouse even came from. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've been telling this story a lot, but, you know. When we, uh, we um, MC outhouse, MC outhouse. Yes. I apologize. Jeez. Uh, well, I wasn't dropping bars till recently. <laughs> it started as Dynasty outhouse. <laughs> um, this, it was actually created with a group of friends because like this was three years ago, three or four years ago at this point where the dynasty, not even the dynasty, the fantasy football community wasn't very large. And then all of a sudden there was this influx of people with yeah. fantasy or dynasty yeah. in front of their names. And we just like, man, these people are just so full of shit. So I literally created a name that was Dynasty Full of Shit. And that's where Outhouse <laughs> came from. That's awesome. And yeah, and we, it's funny, like we used it as, we didn't want to reach troll level, but we just wanted to play with people. Like we all had a login, we all had the login and password. So we would re- reply to a trade poll. And five minutes later, someone else would log in, see what we said, and then just start arguing with our own points. Like, <laughs> like we would just argue over players, but it was coming from the same account. So it was really just us having fun. And then two weeks in, they lost interest. And I just kind of kept rolling with it and sort of started taking it seriously. That's like funny. that's what it all started about. It was all, I mean, ridiculously poorly handled satire on all of this, like, you know, random jumping in of people who just f- feel like having voices as opposed to having something to say. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And there's a lot of that, that out there. Like, whoa, who is this? It's never going to go away. Like, why are you listening to this person right now? Like, and don't get me wrong. There's tons of awesome advice out there. And I don't agree with all of it at all. But there's also that just like bullshit that you were just kind of talking about. The the outhouses, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's... <sighs> it's an unfortunate reality of a free internet site, I think. Um, so I wanted to ask you about another one. Um, while I was talking about that, that um, scenario that happened with the trade and being rejected and the counter and all that process, um, JD from Goat District popped up and he said something that bugs him. And I, I feel like you've mentioned this before. So I wanted to talk to you about this is, and he kind of put it on the same level is when you get offered a trade and then it's canceled. Uh, I mean, I've seen people get upset about provoking trades. I will be honest. I don't always pay full attention to what I'm doing. I've forgotten to click players on the other side. Or even like if like, 
I click something and I hit send, and the second you hit send, you're like, oh, that is not a good yeah, offer. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that's There's what I said. There's nothing wrong with hit and refresh. Right. Just because you hit the send button yeah, doesn't like, mean you have I to live wasn't, with what you did. I wasn't playing with you and trying to get you to notice me. Like I legitimately was like, why the hell did I send that trade? Yeah. I've woke up in the morning and been like, oh my God, I hope he didn't accept that. You're absolutely allowed to change your mind. Don't let people bully you into thinking otherwise. So, and that, and that's kind of what I, I said a couple of the same things too, you know, or like you mess up a trade offer or uh, I don't know. I've lit I've almost like my finger just like hits propose and I'm like, Oh geez, I didn't even want to do that. And then cancel it or something like that or um, redo it. Like um, another thing kind of along the same lines. Um, now, what if I'm in a chat with you and I offer you Barkley for Hopkins straight up and you accept it verbally to me um i should honor that trade in, in my opinion like but for this scenario i'm not going to um uh, well first of all i would just call you a dick for accepting a trade that would be in my favor and then going back on it uh but i firmly stand I, I didn't want to get on... into all the details though of like a trade, so i just <laughs> we just we're just doing it straight up yeah um i firmly stand on the island of if it's not done in the site it didn't happen it's absolutely a dick move to agree to something and go back on it. I'm not going to argue that. It is, why are people honking their horns? There shouldn't be anyone outside. It's They're honking Sorry. at me. Yeah. It's, why, why are people honking at you in the shower? Do you have a, like an know. open window or something? I know, Damn, it's crazy. Have, have some modesty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a dick move, and it's bad for the quote-unquote relationship of the two traders. Like, if someone... I, I get a little pissy about things, but, and I'll be like, all right, I'm never, I'm not going to offer that guy anything for a while. I just need to, like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's like, all right, I'm just not going to trade with that person again. I mean, that's completely warranted. I, I get it. It's so, bad business. So while, but it's not, while you, under, if it's not in the league, it's not done. Sorry. Go right. So while it's not official, like, you, there's no way that you can honor that trade as a commissioner. As a commissioner, I would never do that. No. Um, but um, as I have people, known as the person needs involved in the trade, like I, I think that, and I know you cannot control this. Like it's out of your hands. There, all you can do is get angry if you want to. Yeah. But I think that that trade should be honored. I mean, it needs. It's one of those bylaw things where people have to know what they're getting into. I'd actually. I should. I haven't. I am so goddamn lucky, and I will. I realize this. I have never had someone uh, like go all in on a season, buy all vets, lose the championship, and leave the league. I've never had someone sell all their picks and leave. I've never had collusion in my leagues. I've never had, you know, I've never had anyone like destroy something and run away. So, like, I am very trusting as a commissioner just because I haven't gone through what a lot of people have. And it's blind luck. Well, I've, before the trade addicts, it's one of the rules of the Trade Axe Leagues that I can't know have known you before I created the leagues to be in it. Like none of my home friends are in uh, any yeah. of them. Like that's part of the point is to get out there and get with get in leagues with people. Um, so it's not like I go into this and, with and any you can't real... be in two Trade Addicts leagues, right? Correct. Me and Har are the only people right. In yeah, the understandably. Yeah, which um, is a good rule. Again, yeah, it's it's about people being in leagues with other people, and I try and get quote unquote industry people in with nobody's because like i remember joining leagues just because like oh man that's so cool i'm in a league with this guy yeah yep. and well i will never in my life actually believe that people feel that for someone like me or anything like that but like to get someone in a league or like 
you know, you have three freaking podcasts for someone to jump in and see like, oh man, I listened to that guy's three shows and right. I'm in a league with him now. On a that's smaller awesome. scale. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of Shit, all of this. Dude, uh, I, I still get excited to get in leagues with people I'm not in. Like even people I've talked to and been lucky enough to hang out with and do shows with. And then it's finally like, oh shit, dude, like sweet. Been wanting to be yeah, in a I mean, league that's with you. The only like, reason, that's the only reason I join leagues anymore. I, yeah. I don't even, I barely look at rules at this point. Like, hey, Russ, you want to join a league? Well, it depends who's in it. I mean, that's really my first answer. Yeah. The only thing I won't do is two tight end. I think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, two tight ends. I'm in three leagues like that, and I think it kind of sucks. Nope. Yeah. Now, I completely forgot the point that we ridiculously tangented off on, but um, oh, well, I was talking we were talking about lucky about as a commissioner. But the, and... Okay, yeah. Um, that's something that needs to be a bylaws thing. I mean, even if it's something that you figure out after the first time it comes up, it's tough to know every single unique instance to put in your bylaws but that's something after it comes up you got to put it in there whether you whatever you do that first time it that's the rules from then on you've set precedent that's what it's got to be um but i at this point i don't feel the need to put it in because i have many times been recorded saying what i do believe and if it's not in the site then it's not official yeah i kind of have a mental blacklist though and there's almost like three steps to where we get to the point where like the first steps probably just I'm not looking at your team for trades anymore. Um, I might send one here and there. Um, I, I, I'm really bummed. Like if I search a player and it's on your team and then there gets to the point where I, it, it will get to the point where I will never send you a trade again. And I'm probably going to decline most of your offers. Like you'd really have to make me happy now. And but it will get to the point like after a few things like that where I don't take you that serious as a trade partner, not necessarily a friend or a a team owner, yes. but a trade partner. Yeah, you know, and and I'm not gonna let it change our friendship, so to speak. But in the game of fantasy and what we are doing here and what we are talking about, it will get to the point where I don't take you as serious, so I'm not gonna mess with you as much because it's a waste of my time. I want to get a trade yes. done. Yeah, no, I have, I absolutely have people where, you know, you get that email and it says you have a trade offer. You're like, ah, trade offer. But like, it says that team name and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, right. I'll, I'll get this when I can. Or, all right, I'm probably not going to accept this. So let me not get excited. Yeah. They, or they'll just come in after like the hottest news. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's definitely some people I won't get excited for because I know they're terrible. Um, so yeah, I, but again, I would never get to the point where I'm not trading with this guy just because all that does is hurt your team. Yep. Well, sure. I, I totally understand. And I agree, like if the right offer were to come up, but but I and and you're probably right. It, it could hurt my team. But if I'm probably going to get to the point where I'm not sending said team any more offers, I might counter you a little bit if you send me one and we're close. But definitely <laughs> from if. If it's been a pain in the ass more than a few times for me, and I'm not just saying like one time and we're done, but if it's been a pain in the ass or I just kind of have learned that we don't mesh well together in the trade world, I'm probably not willing to put as much work into it as somebody like you who full, full honesty, like I I felt guilty for not getting back with you a couple times, but I kept looking at our situations and I'm like, just like, geez, man, I don't know, like. He doesn't have any picks like if he had this, but to your defense, you asked me what you should go out and and do to make that happen. And realistically, I I, I totally left you hanging, um, but you're somebody that I would spend that time with. And I'm not just saying that 
Um, and it's because we've gotten trades done before. And I think that you're, you're very fair. I don't think that you're somebody that feels like you need to necessarily win the trade every time to make your team better. Whereas mm-hmm. I think some people want to absolutely like smash the deal and have people on Twitter voting their side to like an 80% win. Whereas if I trade with you and all of a sudden we're on Twitter and I won by 80%, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, so maybe we'll get something done. Our draft styles are so different. Yes. Um, so, which is why I thought it would be fun to try and get Barkley from you. By the way, that that's really the only reason I really did this was because I thought it would be fun to try. Because I don't trade up for running backs pretty much ever. So not only am I trading up for a running back, I'm trading up for a running back from a running back guy. So I'm like, let's just see what this would take. Let's see if I could find something I would be willing to actually do. And I feel like, and is this fair though? Like, and I'm not saying I'm going to do this, like, or especially to you at this point, but I feel like if you're trading somebody like Barkley, he's somebody that should almost hit the block or you should try to reach out to somebody like Brian Haar. Oh, 100%. And it's, I, I told you that in the first place. I, when I, I, I don't remember if it was when you put Barkley on the block or the first time I joked about coming after him. I'm like, yeah, you should probably just go to Haar for that. And, and what did uh, I say? Something like, but he's such a pain in the ass to trade with. I don't know if I want to do that. Oh yeah, kind that, of reached that point in my my trade life where it's just like, eh, good guy and everything, nothing against him, but I've just learned that we don't get trades done. Fucking people who stick to their values, right, man? That's ridiculous. Yeah, or <laughs> or try to take advantage of other people's values, and I'm not saying he's necessarily that guy, but sometimes it's just like, I don't know, it, it can yeah. go both ways. I, I've yeah, people don't click. It I've just, made tons of trades of that I regret making, and I've made tons of trades that like didn't get done and i'm so glad they didn't but yeah it's uh, yeah that's also another part of trading where sometimes it's better the trades that have not been made but horror is tough to trade with yeah which is also why we celebrate every time every every time we do get a trade we celebrate it and it is almost always 100 percent even just because that's kind of what it has to be like co-owning a team with him is insanely difficult because I just want to trade. And he's like, oh, but that's it's close, but it's not right. And I'm like, but if it's close, let's just have to do it. <laughs> so get me Mixon and then you want me to go to Har is what you're saying. Hopkins, okay. And we'll add something else to Mixon. All right. I'll try and go get I'll, I'll talk to Har and see if I can go get Mixon. <laughs> I, I looked at him also. I didn't offer anything, but I'm like, all right. Because when I was looking for who I could add to try and get, um, Barkley from for you. I'm like, well, I'm not trading Hopkins and Mixon for Barkley unless I get something else ridiculously solid back. But I didn't want to make the deal that big, which is why I didn't make any moves until I actually talked to you about it. Do you ever get to a point with the team, though? And th- totally, I should be more clear with this if, I, if it's <laughs> what I'm doing in a league, because this was kind of part of the problem with our trade talks is I'm trying so hard and too hard in that league to get rid of carry on Johnson that it's almost that move that I want to make first before I make another one to see like how much of a hit I take when I s- finally sell carry on Johnson. Cause I'm obviously I'm ready to take a little bit of hit of the, the startup draft value I have in him. Um, but I want to feel kind of good about it, but I feel fixated on getting rid of carry on Johnson in that league to where it's kind of, been my focal point so much that it's probably slowed any trade talks with other teams down in other situations yeah you get stuck your brain gets stuck on things and 
it depends. There's a few kinds of people. There's Shane Manila, who once he wants a guy off his team, he's going to be gone, regardless of what the value ends up being. Uh, he, you know, you start, you send an offer to every team, everyone rejects it. You drop your price a little, send it to every team, everyone rejects it, you drop your price a little. It's literally just to get the guy off your team, yep. which I guess is a little good for your brain because the guy's finally gone avail- uh, sooner or later. Um, as opposed to just, you know, like you said, you want to get rid of carry on so badly, but you're still just sort of stuck with him and it sort of eats at your brain. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever necessarily gotten there that badly just because, man, I got to be honest, because I don't really dwell on one team for that long. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. You know, another reason, another thing that happens due to having 20 teams, you know, you don't have to dwell it's, on it's one. It's my only long. carry on Johnson share and it just doesn't make me feel right. My planets aren't I mean, the quite thing is, aligned I'll, I'll take with them that from you, share. But you probably won't like the price that I want. I know, dude, and that's just it. Like you'll send everybody, everybody responds. It doesn't matter who's in the trade. Everybody responds back like, "Thanks for the offer. Not interested in carry on." Like, "Thanks for the offer. Yeah. Carry on, stead to me." Like you're just like Jesus. I thought I didn't like him. Like you guys are really mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I will. I don't really know if there's any players. I will. Again, no one's untouchable. No one. In both directions, I guess. Let me just word it that way. No one's untouchable because I don't want to trade them away, and no one is untouchable for me to be put on my team. But I mean, I, I market value may not be what I'm willing to pay. Yeah, I'm pulled up my team to see if we can figure something out for DeAndre Hopkins. Nah, for we could start oh, small for, for mixing. Oh, you want to carry on? Why the hell not? I'll give you like Stafford and carry on for Hopkins. Yeah, that's not even close to me. It's but you get a starting quarterback. I have to, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Jimmy G Stafford, is only three quarters of one. Yeah, but he's st- he's not going to lose me any games. He, he's solid enough. Um, but like, I love Stafford, and yeah, he's always underrated. But still, that middle tier of quarterbacks is still. I mean, let's talk about this in startup ranges. I mean, it's still like a fourth round pick as compared to Nuke, who's going to be a first and carry on is what eighth round pick at this point and I, I i just don't think the trade values are really close there but i i think man so that's tough for me i think that through the first round of a super flex I, where did you draft knock anyway i i would probably put him around 201 to 203 after i get through chubb and mixon and those guys but in oh. our draft har got mixing at like i think 209 or 210 or something like that where he yeah. fell but for me like i want mixing on that turn there yeah, Mixon went two oh nine. Yeah, no. See, I took uh, Hopkins and Devontae Adams at the one oh eight and one oh nine. Okay, so you moved up, see, and then I, I took I, Kyler like one oh seven. I think there. Yeah, right before me. Uh, I I don't like spending my first round pick on running backs. Uh, if I had an early second, like okay, let's do this. Uh, one ten was Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Russell Wilson, George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin, Kelsey, Juju, Chubb. Wentz Mixon so all of that in between I probably would have taken Mixon up after Tyreek Hill I mean so yeah around the 201 I I just there's a few players I'd throw in in front of him just to throw this completely out of order just because there's some people up here that I think I taken too early but I I don't think I would have taken Mixon at the 108 but I definitely would take him if we hit like the 203 pretty easily yeah you said Zeke went 110 yeah Zeke went late yeah Zeke went 111 that's pretty late and but I mean he made it past you on two picks. Again, I don't like Derek. I don't like taking running backs in the first round. It's yeah. just not how I built my teams. But now you want mine. 
trade for him. Like, so again, trading up for running backs isn't something I normally do. It's just something for fun. Because if every league, like you said before, if every league's the same, it just gets boring. So might as well try and do something different with a league. I know. See, and I get fixated on like I have a few shares of Kyler Murray now. I have no shares of Hopkins in any leagues, but I only want him in the ones I, I get fixated on the stack, man. Like I like to have at least one. Like I don't need to match up Hopkins in every one of my leagues with Kyler Murray, but I want one stack. Oh yeah, it's always again. It's supposed to be fun. So. I mean, it's awesome to have that stack where you know if that quarterback throws that touchdown to that guy, you get double points. So, and I mean, I I never really fully understood the process of stacking being, you know, that much of a plus EV to sound like a nerd for a second, like to be like that much, like adding expected value to it. Like I never really fully understood it. I just know that that's what people say to do. So I do it a little bit. I just, I just enjoy it though. I don't even do it. Cause I, it, I think if anything, it's more risky because then if on any given Sunday, though, that team has a bad game, you're relying yes. on two players. I just yep, kind of I like agree. to watch like the younger guys like kind of play together and grow together. And it kind of is an eye appease thing for me, to be honest with you more than a strategic thing. Yeah. Again, it's supposed to be fun. That's all that matters. So I will, we'll get a deal done somehow I'm to sure try to figure it out. I like owning Barkley a lot. And, and no, you're, you're, you're just saying that to get to me. You're no, it's uh, he's my one. You, you shrewd tradesman. We'll try to work something out. I have a few shares of Barkley. You don't have any? I don't have any, really. No. We'll work on it. Man, but if I trade for Mixon, I might just be happy having Mixon on my team. So I should go talk to Brian before you go talk to him. You absolutely should. <sighs> that means I have to knock him down a, the level two in the blacklist. Um, that's what I'm doing here. Go read my Twitter bio. I'm here to bring <laughs> community together through trades. <laughs> No, I absolutely like Brian a lot. Like, I don't mean, I'm not even trying to throw shade. It's just um, the trade aspect of it. It's it's tough. And he's honest about it. I mean, we've had good talks, you know, and just kind of left like, man, I think we're both just kind of like seeing this too much the same right now, you know? So. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Again, it, trades don't always work out. And it's, it's also very tough to trade with someone who thinks the same way as you. Uh, so that makes it even harder sometimes when you you're trying to get value out of somewhere, but when they value them the same way, you're not really getting a good deal. You're just getting a deal, and sometimes that's not necessarily what you're going for. Right. I mean, there's all sorts of ways trades don't work out. Just the important thing is, like you're saying, it's nothing personal whatsoever. It's just the you know the deal in front of you, and that part of this fake game. So I have trouble counting carry on as a running back right now on my team. So I look at it also as like if I lose Barkley, it's I all. It's I don't see carry on there, so I see this even bigger void in running back than what you might see if you look at my team. Well, absolutely, I one running back is enough for me. So you know, the two of us will never see teams the same way. Uh, but I mean, that's why I I know you, and that's why I made sure to throw Ingram in my offer because while Ingram isn't this big amazing thing, he's points next year, and oh, I know sure. you like starting running backs, like so. I, I mean, that's also just a good thing to say out loud to show the process of how to formulate uh, a trade offer. Know the other person. Yep. I'm by no means, you know, not lazy enough to keep a notebook like uh, Lube Sega says to do. But I know you well enough yeah. by now. We've yeah. been in leagues for a few years together at this point. I know how you run your team. So I know, you, you know, like a lot of people won't trade a quarterback unless they get one back. You're not lessening the amount of running backs on your team. 
Yeah. So like, I knew if I'm especially going after someone like Barkley and while I don't have, like you, you said right away, like you don't have the level of running back I usually like to get back into something like this. But I knew I had to give you the running back that was going to score the most points for me this year. Yep. And you know you're giving me a piece I want a lot. I mean, it's not like Hopkins is a scrub. Oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah, for sure. The value, I think the value is there in the offer, at least. When going after, it's fine. Like I said, I said earlier that, you know, I may not always send my best offer or, you know, I'll leave some wiggle room in my offer. When going for a stud or dealing with people that you like, I'll always end up being like real offers out first. You know, or yeah. like unless I'm just bored and throwing shit out. I'll like, try okay, to throw an this offer this. out when we get done here. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll play around. I may not go after again because if I get mixed in, I might just be happy. But if I'm going to try and upgrade, oh, now you're worrying me, man. I'm going to have to talk to Har. We're both going to get screwed. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to end up bidding against each other, and one of us is going to hardly overpay for mixing. Brian's all, all of a sudden going to have two offers for mixing. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll he'll DM me too. He's like, "You you talking to Swags or something?" I'm like, no, why? What do he do? <laughs> well. Thanks a ton for coming on with me today. I enjoyed talking oh, to you. I always enjoyed it. You know, anytime, especially nowadays where I could just, well, I have off today, which is awesome. But I mean, during the day, I could just walk away from my keyboard at any time and just record for an hour. So anytime you guys are recording, you know, you, anyone, <laughs> hell, you know, drop me a line. I, I like talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Same. Tell them who you are and all the great places to find you one more time. Okay. Again, I am Dynasty Outhouse on the Twitters. I have the Trade Addicts Pod with Brian Har, Dynasty Game Night with Matt Price and John Bosch, and Split Takes Pod with Kevin Catillo. And I'm just, at DFF underscore swag. Oh, are you still talking? Yeah, I was just going to say so much Twitter. Tag me and all your shit and all that stuff. I still, you know, I'm not too big for my britches. I like doing, I like seeing trade polls and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm with you. Me too. I'm all about that. I often feel like sometimes we follow the wrong people and i should be following more people that are asking questions and less people that are doing podcasts i don't even know who i follow anymore because so much stuff gets retweeted into my timeline like there's one dude that i i was talking to for like months and he's like hey man why don't you throw me back a follow i'm like i don't follow you what the yeah. what just because they, everyone ends up in my timeline at some point or another so yeah I am at DFF underscore swag. My DMs are always open. If I'm not following you and you want me to, I will. But hit me up anytime. Yeah, he's awesome. You should talk to Swags. This is at Super Flexible Podcast, and we are out to here. I think you're awesome. Aww.